T U R T L E. T O Y T E L. Turtle. Doidle. Oh, for God's sake. Doidles. I'm Michelle. I'm Chris. And I'm SP from the Starling Tribune. A podcast member of the Gonna Geek Network. Just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Check out all the other podcasts at gunnageek.com. And get ready because geekiness begins in... Three, two, one... Hello, all you lovely people in internet land, and welcome to episode 68 of Game Life Balance Australia. I'm your host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined, as always, by a magical gnome that I found living in my teapot, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. More tea, please. More tea. And when I say tea, I mean green leaves of a different variety, if you know what I mean. I'm, I'm selling this stuff down at the garden. There's a lot of garden gnomes out there who's paying top scratch, if you know what I mean. So keep it coming. Don't get high your own supply. Don't get high. Don't get high. Don't get high. I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Look, your teapot is a pretty cramped place, is all I'm going to say. Yes. You took me out of the garden. <laughs> you put me in your teapot yeah. with a bunch of mysterious green leaves. Mm-hmm. 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 And this is somehow my fault. Yes. Yes, I blame you. No, noted anti-drug historian, <laughs> That's right. Robert Rob Bailey. Yes, I'm known for my strong views on the subject. You are very, very strong. And <clears throat> sorry, just coughing down a laugh. Look, I'm laughing up a cough. Gnomes are a gateway elf. <laughs> are they elves? Are gnomes elves? I think. Look, they're they are they're one of the look. I'm going to get myself in trouble here with with the uh, the fairy crowd. Yeah, because God uh, knows we didn't do that last week without D and D show. The little people. Yeah. Uh, I think that they are one of many folk creatures and it's all a big kind of like blurred mess. All right, right, right. Yeah. Fuck, fuck, fuck all that. I have a better question <laughs> for you. Are gnomes edible? Mm. Because they're humanoid and they and they can look and talk and shit like that. But are they like like little tiny chicken McNuggets? Do you just like <laughs> dip them in, dip them in egg, put them in the fryer? I think if you can, cat- mm-hmm. if you can catch a gnome... Then you can probably cook a gnome. But I think I think the hard part is catching. Oh, I, f- I feel some Gargamelican tendencies coming on here. Gargamelican, <laughs> is that a word? Garga- it is now. It is now. Like the Gargamel a- from Smurfs is who I was trying to reference there. It's like a Machiavellian. Yeah, but Gargavelli. But, but worse. Yeah. <laughs> like, with that worst dress sense. <laughs> I, have a, I have a cat. And I talk like this. Does he just wear a big black yeah. muumuu? Yeah. Is that basically what he wears? He wasn't particularly fat, but a muumuu still suited that guy. He and like, he was... I, why did he want the Smurfs? It was kind of like... he was wanted he to make from, a potion out of them or something? Yeah, he wanted to eat them or make a potion out of them. Yeah, something. Or possibly because, like, they, he pissed him off one nice summer's day. I don't know. What was what was Gargamel's <sighs> motivation? Yeah, I don't... Yeah, right. That in. is what we are going to be discussing today. This is going to be the whole podcast. It's a Smurf cast. It's a Smurf cast. That has to exist, right? Someone, oh. someone out there has done a hundred episodes yep. talking about the Schlumps or the yep. Smurfs. Yep. It's Smurfy Boy ninety nine who has two thousand posts on the oh, Smurf subreddit. What would you do? Or <laughs> yeah. how would you fill that amount of airtime? 
talking about the Smurfs. Just speculating about why there's only and, one female and, you, and know, yeah. you know, that's pretty much what most of the podcasts would be, I'm assuming. And how much you hate the Snorks. It's got just got to be Wait, the what other. Are the, what are the Snorks? They're like the Smurfs, but underwater. Are they like, oh, do the, are they in the Smurfs universe? They kind of look like a, the head kind of looks like a bong. Are they in Smurfs or is this a separate? No, thing? no, it's separate. It's but a separate show. Very separate. Okay. I'm by the same people, but it looks. Oh, by the same people. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I could be wrong there, but I'm pretty sure it's the same. I, I don't know. Snorks. Snor- I've yeah, never the snorks. heard that before. Yeah, they live underwater and it's basically the Smurfs. Okay. <laughs> Are they blue? No, they're yellow from memory. Oh, okay. So we're, we're, like, you're trusting my 30, you, you know, this is 30 years ago <laughs> it's just that I last heard of anyone, anyone <laughs> at all mentioned the Snorks. Yeah. Right in. To our P.O. box, if, you if you've heard the of snorks, the Snorks. Yes, write to me at number one Parliament House. Can you <laughs> right there. For the love of God, please don't write there at the moment. <laughs> the, write to the current Prime Minister. <laughs> don't under, do that. I underline don't. the word current. <laughs> it's important, otherwise they might get it to the wrong guy. Oh, even or, if they get it to the right even. guy, it will get to the wrong guy. <laughs> it could be a woman too, I guess. He said with furrowed brow. <laughs> Oh, God, I'm so stupid. Hey, see, we are talking about a game that isn't Smurfs related today. Well, it kind of is. Well, they are a colour. <laughs> it's not actually related not, at all. No. I just wanted to see what you were going to say when I said that. I was like, I was like, well, they are all, they have a skin tone. They're from an unusual. animated, uh, they're kind of a bit, uh, they wear funny hat. No, well, um, okay, There's teenage. Only one woman, that's one thing. <laughs> oh, actually, there's two, damn it. Anyways, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game from your local arcade. And Konami. That place where you used to huff drugs and paint. (laughs) Konami? Yes. Okay, Rob. Yes. So, important clarifications Mm -hmm. about the Snorks and the Smurfs. Go on. Number one, I was right on most of my points. Oh, good. Well, that's unusual. I'm happy to hear that. Shut your face. Shut your blue, white-hatted face, you fucking Smurf. So, Which Smurf would I be, AC? Uh, ooh. The, oh. one, the one who's combing his hair all the time looking in the mirror. No. <laughs> Vanity Smurf? Is that his name? Like, do, like, yeah, the, the annoying Smurf. 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 <laughs> the one that everyone friggin' hates. Um, um, I don't know. He's vain, but I just... Dandy Smurf? Is yeah, that his name? Maybe like it was that. Dandy Smurf. Yeah. I don't know, Smurf ex- experts. I was going to say exports, but, you know, experts are good too. We're, sm- we're also Smurf-, Smurf exporters. Okay, so... We import and export Smurfs. <laughs> That's all Australia's good for. In shipping crates. A lot, of them, a lot of them arrive dead, but it's fine. There's enough enough survive the journey that... More where that came from. We can make a profit. So, The Snorks was an animated series by Hanna-Barbera. I was a bit confused about the Smurfs because they look exactly like they've been animated by Hanna-Barbera. And I was right. Mm. However, um, they were actually a comic series Ah. done by a bloke, uh, possibly several blokes, but I think a bloke called Pio. Mm -hmm. I think it's a bloke anyway. I could Uh be wrong there as well. Mm. Um, A person. From Belgium. Okay, so I was right. Yeah, so I thought it was Belgian. Yeah, yeah. it was a Belgian comic. Um, it, had the, it had the whiff of Belgium on it. Uh, yeah, so um, I think it, like, it may have been De Schlumps or something um, in some uh, in French and Dutch is De Schmurfen. De Schmurfen. De Schmurfen. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I'll just look up artist Peyo. Uh He was a bloke, yep. 
because of course everyone is. Uh, but it was later <laughs> animated. <laughs> yeah, if you look at history, it's kind of fucked up. Everyone is a man. Yeah, I don't like, like it. I really don't like it. From about 1950 back. <laughs> Boy, but in, every, in 1950, everyone was, like, super manly. Yeah. That was really messed up. All right, so, yes, <clears throat> basically, The Smurfs was an animated series, um, but it, what they Hanna-Barbera weren't the genus of that. Mm. Um, however, they were the creators of the Snorks, as far as I can tell. Look, I'm not going to go into Snorks history. <laughs> they weren't just yellow. They were multicolored, apparently. Yes. Um, you know, everything except uh, the same color as the water, I'm guessing, because they were underwater. Uh, and I'm worryingly looking this up because the Smurfs, 1981 to 1989. Eight year run. Yeah, that is worrying. That's a lot of Smurfs. Here is the more <laughs> worrying thing. The Smurfs 3D TV series, mm-hmm. 2020. Oh. We are now in 2018. It hasn't come out yet. No. So they're saying that's definitely that's that's a prediction. That's not that's no no not no. It, it's it's on here. It's fact. It's Wikipedia. Everything's fact. So in so Wikipedia, this is this is like Grace Spock's so, Almanac so, from Back to the Future Two. So Whatever is said in here, this is exactly what happens. What a shame that the, the the one person who finally managed to figure out time travel spent his time researching the Smurfs, <laughs> and then came back and wrote. A you can only hope that this. 2020, this uh, 2023 D TV series of the Smurfs is good, but we know it won't be. <laughs> When, just, it, when it definitely happens. It, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> teenage... I'm almost, wait, no, I'm almost tempted to, to just cut this podcast off, find a Smurfs game, and mm. do that. Well, look, AC, I have news for you. Yep. There, look, I, while, you were, while you were busy researching the, smir- the Snorks, yep. I was also busy researching. Yep. Did if you find were, anything? There Is there a Snorks video game? That's what I was looking into, AC. Oh, my God. There has to be. No, to be- there doesn't have to be, but there might be. I have some exciting news for you, AC. <gasps> That's some very exciting news for you. There is yeah. no Snorks video game. Oh. But mm-hmm. there is a Snorks adventure board game. Board game? Oh, yeah. boy. And, uh, you know, I thought we might look into this because our friend Elchan might be... Uh, oh, yeah. If, if we find a copy of the Snorks board game, we'll send it to him. He and might, he'll have to play it. He might uh, quite enjoy this one. So, according to Board Game Geek, this has zero ratings, <laughs> zero comments. <laughs> uh, it exists, is all I can confirm. Playing time, 10 minutes. <laughs> Ages four and up, um, and that's about all I have to say about okay. the Snorks okay. game. Seriously, this is what we need to do. We need to become members. And we- oh, wait, I've got more information here. Okay, yep. Sorry, I'm going to read. So this is from the back of the box. Be the first player to collect five different Snorks cards and return safely to Snorkville High School. <laughs> okay, that's... um. Get those Snorks cards, kids. Yep. Get them, get them while they're, but only they're if you're hot four and, up. and wet. If you're three, you could fuck off. R- really, really, <laughs> really wet. We, I want to, I want to log into this site huh? and and like say not AC and Rob from Gay Life Balance Australia and say this game is actually very good. It has a pr- surprising amount of depth for a children's game. Yeah. And then like basically copy and paste like the the structure of early Dungeons and Dragons into this. I think for Board Game Geek, maybe more like just Settlers of Catan rule set, just copy and paste it in. <laughs> Yeah, that's true, actually. Uh, yeah, better that than, than it plays. It plays like Catan, you know? There are a lot of systems. <laughs> Surprisingly, the Snorks have a very robust, so, uh, like, social interaction. It's got some of the metagame from the Battlestar Galactica board game. <laughs> and people will be like, ooh, I better get that. And then they'll buy the Snorks board game and mission accomplished, AC. You and I can go home knowing that we've done a good day's work. Okay, well, that is exactly what we do. So, Snorks, board... Oh, hang on, board 
game. I'm just typing this quickly. Amazon.com. Into... <laughs> Oh, Wait, it was on Amazon. It oh, was on eBay. Dude, like, I just I just typed it into our good friend eBay, Electronic Bay. Yeah, and uh, we actually got a couple of hits. <laughs> Hello. Oh, look at this. The rare 1984 vintage Snorks a board game. Oh, it's available for twenty seven dollars and forty eight cents Australian. Wow, that's that's not that's bad. A, that's a pretty cheap price for trolling Elchan. Let's. <laughs> Let's, that's, let's, that's very that's very tempting. Let's look into this, AC. <clears throat> okay, so we, we've spent six minutes of our life talking about the, the Snorks and the Smurfs. Oh, look, it was time well spent, I think. I think it was. Now it's time to spend equal amount of time <laughs> yes. talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. Done right. This is something we've touched upon in the past. In yes. past, uh, we haven't covered uh, the Turtles on this show directly, I don't think. I don't think so. Um, but we have covered it on some of our previous creative output. Yeah, on Bit Seizure. We talked about, um, but we talked about Ninja Turtles holistically, I think, in, in the board. Yes. And, uh, all of the, not the board games, the video games. So today we fired up my arcade machine mm-hmm. and we played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. Yeah. Rob, uh, when did this come out? Okay, so some facts. Uh, 1989, the game came out, which is, I think, two years after the TV show started airing. Um, and it was pretty popular. You know, the TV show was very popular when yeah. this game came out. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, uh, produced, sorry, developed and published by Konami. Um, it's a four-player, uh, up to four players, um, side-scrolling beat-em-up in the vein of, you know, like a double dragon or a final fight, that, that kind of a thing. That, that ilk. Um, the most special yeah. thing about this, I would like to say, um, front up, is the cabinet itself. Yes. So if you get the full cab, because there you you could buy um, dust the board and set it to two players and have it in like a normal, normal sort of cab. Yeah. Cabinet. Um, the actual Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles four player was just basically a massive, massive machine. It was an installation. Yeah. 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 And it had four joysticks on it, and they were all color coded to the so turtles: you knew which blue turtle you were. and red and purple and orange. Mm-hmm. Signifying the turtles, yes. a big CRT, and you um, and you could actually play all the turtles at the same time if you wanted yeah, to. You could fit four losery mm. kids around that machine. And Very <laughs> popular at bowling alleys because that's where losery kids hang out. It turns <laughs> that's out, that's right. True story. That's where yep. you and I used to hang out. If you want to find them, that's where you go. Yeah, well, that's where you used to go. So uh, this was a big hit. Mm-hmm. Everywhere, all over the world, because of the cartoon, uh, and because Konami, at least for this game, not the original kind of home game, which was a bit of a mess, mm. but they were very faithful to the cartoon yeah. in this uh, iteration of the game. Yeah, the graphics look like it's very. It looks like the TV show is happening on the, you know, on the on the monitor. Yeah. Um, Nice stuff like oh shell shock. Yeah, they like the voice. The voices yeah. are good. I, mean, I don't think it's the actual people, but it's it's good. Um, I think there's a fair bit of digitized speech and a lot of speech bubbles as well that aren't that don't have digitized speech actually as well. Yeah. They they say little things. Um, <clears throat> the animation's quite good. There's a fair a fair amount of frames of animation on when they walk yeah. around and fight. So it 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 looks like you're watching a you know a cartoon, which so is rad. The bosses are good, um, but mm. we'll talk about the um, the rest of the enemies first. There aren't a, there isn't a lot of variety no. uh, in terms of sprites, um, but there is a bit of weapon variety. So first of all, you have the mouses, mm. 
um, which are like the little chompy things. They go down in a hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the, I'm not sure what you call them, but the they're kind of like a little T-shaped drones. With the lassos? They kind of go, you're coming with me. Where <sighs> look, are you I going, look, buddy? I this up. The ones with the electric lasso. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're called like Rodney something. They've got this weird name. But I think they come from... Rodney look, T-Bones or something? So, yeah, I looked it up. Look, yeah, anyway. they were featured only in like a couple episodes of the very first season, mm. uh, as far as I can remember, of the cartoon. Yes. And then you've got foot soldiers. And foot soldiers come in a variety of different colors, but they all pretty much look the same. And they have a variety of different weapons. Yeah, they're like iPhones. You've got all these different <clears> colors you <throat> choose from. And Yeah, basically. <laughs> they work just as well. In other yeah. words, they go down with like two or three hits. Just like an iPhone. Yep. <laughs> So, uh, like, there's the purple ones, which are the most popular ones in the show. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you've got, like, yellow ones with boomerangs and pink ones with hammers. Yeah, there's a bunch of different colors. And you've got ones that hold just, like, big bombs with smiley faces on them. <laughs> yes, they walk, to, walk towards you holding, like, a World War II era bomb. <laughs> and then, like, throw it at you, which is great. Yeah, so there's, like, um, there's a bit of variety between the foot soldiers as well. And, of course, yeah. they're the main fodder enemy, I think it's fair to say. Yes, you spend most of your time in this game fighting the foot soldiers. Yeah. Um... So you fight Bebop yep. and Rocksteady. Yes. And then you fight Baxter Stockman in his human form. Mm-hmm. These in like the, a little drone. Yeah. yeah, like a little spaceship thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think you fight Bebop and Rocksteady together, and that's just not a fair fight. Although they will run into each other now and again. Yeah, that's that's always fun. Yeah. That used to happen in the in the TV show a bit. They were still kind of doing a lot of that. Three Stooges kind of yeah. comedy with those two. And then I think you fight the... <clears throat> Splinter gets kidnapped and then you rescue Splinter. Yeah. But first, you, you rescue April from yes. Bebop and Rock. The game steady. starts with this very dramatic shot yeah. of the turtle standing on a building. We'll talk across. about the story. Yeah. It's very cool, I think. Yeah. And, and sort of not like nonsense. Yeah. So <laughs> April gets kidnapped, you save April, yeah. then Splinter gets kidnapped by mouses, and then you save him from a rock monster, possibly from the planet or dimension rock mm. uh, and then you defeat him and then you go into the technodrone and then you def- you fight uh, you, there are a lot of like lasers and things that electrocute you and or freeze you in the technodrome yeah it's like it's an annoying last level it's a coin sock it is a big coin sock yeah. and like you a lot of them you just can't avoid yeah like and it's it's quite annoying if you got that far in the game you'd be very frustrated I reckon uh, and then you fight General Grodd or something, I think his name is, from Dimension X. Mm. This, like, he's a rock monster. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not completely au fait. Rock Soldier, with maybe? Or rock something? Soldier, yeah. I'm yeah. just not completely au fait with all of, like, Ninja Turtles lore. No. I am with some of it, though. We were when we did that bit, bit seizure special. Yeah. We were kind of experts, mm. but we've let those brain cells rot. We did. <laughs> Possibly with the shots we were doing that day. Yeah. Or the vodka we poured in our cereal or whatever. <laughs> oh, God. That was some YouTube channel. That was. Um,. Uh, so, and then you fight Krang, and that's a good boss fight. I, my favorite one is probably the Krang boss fight because you're fighting this kind of giant mecha Krang. He's not like really big. He's just yeah. like normal size Krang in a in a robot Krang suit. Yeah. But he kind of zaps you when you can kind of fly kick him and stuff. And as the um, <clears throat> as the robot's moving, he uh, Krang's kind of moving in time because I think he's meant to be like controlling him like with joysticks yeah. and it's just a it's just a fun visual yeah it looks fun yeah and then definitely. Krang goes and then and then Shredder comes in and you have there's three of them you have to knock his helmet off yeah that was a weird fight yeah it was a bit no actually I didn't think that Shredder fight was very fun no it, uh, it wasn't it was a bit it was a bit, bit monotonous weird. really yeah. um, that's a bit it of a letdown could have, could have been a bit more I reckon Krang should have been the ultimate bad guy. You should yeah. defeat because I don't know. Krang's usually 
the master mind behind all of these things. Mm. So defeat Shredder, and then Krang comes out and goes, "Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big braid in an even bigger body. I'm gonna fuck yous up." Yeah, yeah it's kind of the reverse of what you'd expect in yeah. a way, because yeah. But I suppose you know he is the ninja master, so you gotta you gotta defeat him at the end. But oh, Shredder, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was yeah, it was look. You know, you get the idea of what the game is. A lot of people have played this game. You yeah. might not have seen it to the end. You'd really need a super session or, yes. like, the game on free play to, to be able to do that, I want to say. Yeah, there's no way you get through it on, like, a standard kid's pocket money. Yeah, you know? no, <laughs> it's no, not going to happen. It's, it's a hard game, even with dip switches. Yeah. So, uh, Rob, what, what are your feelings about this game? What would you... Oh, man. Like, just, would you recommend it? It's. I have a lot of nostalgia for this game, obviously. Hmm. You know, we both do. It was one of the arcade games that was sort of rotated through my local shopping shopping uh, center. Yeah. So um, I played a lot of this game back in the day and it still feels fun. I had like, when you just see the graphics happening and hear those noises, like the sound effects and music and stuff, it's like, yeah, it reminds me of my youth. But I mean, like objectively, it's a pretty good beat-em-up from that era and a pretty sort of representative ex- like s- example of beat-em-ups from that era. Yeah. It's a good one. Like there are a lot of bad beat-em-ups, a lot of mediocre ones. This is like... On the good side of mediocre, I would say it's it's just not it doesn't stand out in terms of like the gameplay. I would say no, it doesn't. It stands out because of the license, but it also yeah. stands out because of how faithful Konami was with the yeah, license. Yeah, look, it's a really good fan. It's a great fan service. Hmm. If you're if you're a massive Ninja Turtles dork as I was, um, this game will really give you what you want from a, from a Ninja Turtles game, and especially when we compared it because we this, we directly compared this game with um, the platformer Ninja Turtles game that came out in the same year, oh, yeah. which was comparatively much, much worse. That, that was the game that was released for the home consoles and home computers. Yeah, it was for the home market. Um, and it was very, very bad when you compare it with the arcade game. So it sort of heightened how like how sort of good I thought the arcade game was because of how comparatively bad the platformer was. But, yeah, yeah. But like 2018 perspective, as in, you know, mature Rob looking back, it's like a 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10 kind of a game. Like, I would recommend it. If you like beat-em-ups and stuff, it's a good one. Um, and if you like Ninja Turtles, it's it's one of the best Ninja Turtles games. Yeah. Um, arguably, maybe the best. Some hmm. could say. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. It's good. What do you think, AC? Um, look, I reckon in, in many ways it is the quintessential uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game because it's the most faithful. Yeah. It's the easiest to play. Two and- buttons. And it's, you know, one of the more fun ones, right? There's not, there's no depth to this game. I'm not going to say here and go, oh my God, it's a masterpiece. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's, it is more on the flashy side of mediocre. Yes. But, it's very glitzy. Yeah. But, you know, everyone was doing beat-em-ups at that time. Konami just happened to do it pretty well. Um, mm. I think a lot of the nostalgia I have for this game is from the cabinet itself. Yeah. And if you can get four friends to all play together, I reckon that game would be a lot easier. Mm. I do not have that set up in my home. No. Uh, not on my, my um, the official Game Life Balance Australia cab. Yes. Uh, totally not emulated. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The, yes, your, your arcade cabinet is not a four-player cabinet. It is not a cabinet. No. I imagine those would be pretty rare. Yeah, um, look... What I will say is that you and I have also played through uh, the Simpsons beat 'em up of the same era. Yes, uh, which is also it was a Konami game, very faithful. Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of 
uh, fan service from the first season. Yeah. And that game was a lot longer. Like yes. That was a very, very long game. Whereas they were released this around about the same time. feels right? like the right length. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say I would recommend this if you are... a if you're a Turtles fan who's never played it before. Definitely. And if you're at all a beat 'em up guy and you never played it. Yeah, I mean, you know, everyone knows what Ninja Turtles is. If you're a fan and never have played this, I would be very surprised. So if you are a fan who's never played the original, give it a go. Yeah. Other than that, I can't really recommend it. If you want to play beat 'em up, play Streets of Rage 2. Yeah. I'll, the last thing I'll say is I think it is available on like a few different online services. So you might want to mm. check. I, I know that it did come out. Or maybe it was Turtles in Time came out on PSN. So it was yeah. available. There were a couple of services that did make it available at one stage, and it okay. was even an unlockable, but I'm not sure because of licensing if it's still available. Yeah. That's, that's the tricky thing there. Yeah, maybe. Mm, yeah, so maybe just check my So maybe just check. Uh, there was another port to the NES, uh, which was the... Um, it was called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, because it was the second game. That's pretty faithful. The NES... I gotta say, it chugs when mm. it plays that game. It fucking chugs. Because they tried to do a lot, a full beat em up in uh, on the NES, which did not have the that kind of hardware for that, so there's a lot of sprite flicker. Yes. But it plays pretty faithfully, I wanna say, other than that. And they have Pizza Hut endorsements in there. Yes, like that's good. For paid that. advertisements. Yeah, if you like um if you like a bit of product placement. Oh, here's here's a bit of a tip for you. Uh-huh. If you have the boxed original NES Ninja Turtles 2 arcade game, mm. they the American version, I think, had vouchers in them. Had like a coupon for, for a pe- pizza. For Pizza Hut. Yeah. And the thing is, those Pizza Hut vouchers did not have expiry dates on them, oh, I read. So really? try. I really want to see someone okay. try and redeem that today and film that for YouTube. <laughs> I don't know why, but that is like... that. That's on my wish list. All right. Well, you know, that's funny. That's a funny little thing. Hmm. Cool. Well, uh, that's probably all we have to say about that game. Yeah. Um, yeah, not bad. Yeah. Yeah, give it a go if you want. Andrew, AC Yoshimura, let's talk about your games and life. Well, I've been watching all three seasons of The Snorks. Wonderful. So we are going to go through them episode by episode, and I will tell you each of my favorite characters you- who go to Snorkville High. Uh-huh. Uh, and... Look, it just sounds like snort. Okay, it just sounds like they're going and snorting something and the head looks like a little bong and I can't get over it, damn it. <laughs> they, do, they do look like little bongs. <laughs> it's just true. <laughs> you can't argue with it. Once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. You know, when Otto goes, I'm talking dog, wow, what were you smoking when you came up with that? Well, yeah. we think we know what these guys were smoking when they came up with the snorks. <laughs> Actually, they weren't sm- smoking anything. They went, hey, Smurfs is pretty popular. What if we do a carbon copy under the sea? Yeah. Is there a Gargamel-esque character that tries to eat them? We'll make you know what? I don't out of them think so. This is 30 years ago. I, I think it was more inter- inter- interpersonal drama relationships or right. something. Yeah. There may have been a shark or something. but There's a bit of a love triangle or something going on. Possibly. Yeah, I know that there were more females in the Snorks than there mm. were in the Smurfs. Okay, well, that's good. Because I feel the gender balance in that show was way off. Yeah. I'm going to put it out there. A controversial opinion. Yeah, it was. Could do with a few, a few less dudes. You know, it was almost like they weren't, they weren't really, you know what I think it was? This is not canon. This is just my stupid fan theory. I'm not even a fan. It's my like not a fan theory. Um, is that they're not even, they have no gender. They're just like. They're asexual. Yeah. yeah, They're not, they're not male or female. It's just that most of them 
like self-identify as as like more masculine. Well, the, well, these you are know? Papa Smurf, right? Yeah. So somewhere you might think well, he, that there is a a mama. Yeah, but I think they call him Papa Smurf out of, as a sign of reverence yeah. and respect as a leader. Not he because is he their actually, god. He's not actually like their father. And like Brainy Smurf is is like the over de- over devoted. Uh, you know, foil character, I suppose. What you should do is you should intercut this entire episode and mm. I'm making work for you and saying it on, on air, so you have to do it. No, that's not that's not true. Is this get a a whole bunch of degenerate brainy smurf quotes and just like just filter them through the episode. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> sure. Was he known for his his he, hilarious one line? Papa Smurf says you should always go to bed after brushing your teeth. Oh, I don't now, know. Yeah, now you're reminding me of that show in a way. Yeah, I, see? Didn't, I didn't want to be reminded. Yeah, I, I, that's the kind of tone yeah. that he, he had. He was like that kind of guy that you just want to put your fist through his teeth, isn't it? Yeah, oh God. <laughs> the kind of people... <laughs> you just really want to... That you wanted to do that like in primary school, but we were those people. Yeah, so, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, I was the guy going, Hey, don't do that. We, we, let's that's just say that Rob and I were always picked last when it was uh, time for team sports. Yeah. I was like... Hey, stop. You're not supposed to be drawing in your book. You're supposed to be doing your math. You said that to me a lot. And yeah, I never, we never did math. Teacher, he's not doing the learning. That's my voice. That's exactly Not actually a bad impression of you, is it? Anyway. (laughs) Yep. Anyway, I'm a little sick. So, um. You're sick as man. uh, So here's the thing. Just upset. Shut your face. Upset Number one. So deeply. Number two. Um, <clears throat> not a lot has been going on in my life. Usually, you're the one who's like boring and dull and insipid and trolly and. Oh, sorry, I've gone too far. <laughs> no, it's not. Sorry, I'm not going to disappoint you this week. So don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, but yeah, like with May and Maria away, I haven't been doing a lot other than going to work, coming home, and as I said, I've been a bit sick. Mm. So I've been kind of. Getting home and not feeling like doing a lot. Yeah. Except kind of resting. Last weekend, I did do some cool things. Um, but it was basically like, you know, get drunk with a mate and like really, really um, drunk. But I, I, I st- certainly stuck to the uh, guidelines <laughs> of what is recommended in Australia. Mm-hmm. If you project that over like a month or two months or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Daily yeah. recommended dose, kind of. That's right. If yes. you take every day into the month into account, then you yes. average it out across the rest of the month, and you're fine. Hmm, two months. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> just want to just want to make that clear. It's a bit of a it bender. wasn't that bad. It was it was just catching up with a mate who I don't get to see very often because we both have kids. Yes. And uh, we back in the day were known for our hardcoredness. Yes, if that's a word, which it's not. <laughs> hardcoredness. You're bringing a lot of words today. Well, I, I am. I'm a fan of it. I am. It's they're, they're good words too. Patent yeah. pending. Uh, so that was fun. What we did do in our drunken stupor was play some Sega Saturn games because what else would you do in a drunken stupor? Of course. It's like the first thing I think I want to get drunk. Yeah. I'm like, get rid of the Saturn. Oh my God, this guy fainted. Get him a Saturn quick. <laughs> That'll bring him out of it. This is just as good as sniffing salts. Really. Oh, get it away from me. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, the two games that we primarily played were Sega Rally. Mm-hmm. Now... They tried. <laughs> they really tried. There were three yeah. tracks. There's two cars. But it just didn't have the feel. Yeah. You know, it was just <clears throat> just that little bit off. And I played yeah. Sega Rally a lot. I played Sega Rally more than Daytona. Okay. 
The reason we haven't done Sega Rally is that I have not found a good enough port yeah. of the original arcade. And I mm. love that arcade. Isn't it like if the Dreamcast version was decent? It was decent. I do have that. I haven't played through it enough. Yeah. But I suppose when I say the arcade game, what I really want is the arcade game sit down with a steering wheel. Yeah. And a manual transmission kind of cab. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah. You really probably have to go and find a machine, I think. I do. In the wild. And they're so rare now. Yeah. I like that game better than Daytona even, actually. Like, I'm a big... I was a big player of the Sega Rallies mm. back in the day. Okay. So that was, that was fun, but it wasn't great. You know, when you're going, this is good, but it's not... It just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like Sega Rally. Yeah. Like, there were these jumps you go over, you go, ring, ring, and you kind of, like, bounce, but forward on, like, two tires on the left side, then two tires on the right side. Yeah. You go, yeah, I, know, I remember this. It was kind of... Ring, 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 and just a little bit clunky. Yeah, just a bit off. Mm. But I'm sure it was good... For the day. Yeah. You know, we are talking Sega Saturn 95, 96 here. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure Sega Rally would have been a pretty early Saturn game, if I had to guess. Yes. And those early driving games for the uh, that three that early 3D era, the mm. PS1 Saturn era, were a bit a bit rough. They were rough around the edges. I remember like Demolition Derby. I remember thinking that game was really cool. And then I went back to it um, like in the late PS1 era. And I was like, oh, God, I don't remember. This game was terrible. Mm. It's really ugly. Um, but when it came out, I was like, yay! Because it just was impressive to see a car that was a polygons. You know? It was pretty yeah. impressive at the time. Yeah. And I do want to say that um, like Ridge Racer, I think, was out on the PS1 by that stage. Not a bad game. And you could drift yeah. in Ridge Racer, I want to say. But I don't know. For some reason, I remember playing them both at the time and really liking Sega Rally, the home version, better. But mm. Okay. Hard to go back to. Yeah, very hard. The other game I played a lot of, but I don't know why, because it's not great. Is <laughs> probably uh, alcohol-related. <laughs> probably. You know what? I want to say that that was it. Um, <clears throat> I think we wanted to play a Street Fighter game, mm-hmm. and we had the Saturn and both controllers out. So we played Street Fighter Zero. Okay. I don't hear a lot of talk about Street Fighter Zero. No, it's a bit overlooked, isn't it? Yeah, and mm. uh, I can kind of fucking see why when you play this game. Not so great? I did not have a good time with it. Uh, look, it was very responsive. Okay. The graphics looked very good. The, you know, all sprite-based, yeah. you know, Street Fighter 2. Um, Zero has kind of a muted uh, roster, I want to say. Mm. There are, you know, you, you got your Kens, your Ryus, but there's, you got a couple of other people who I vaguely remember. There's Chun-Li with wearing a different outfit. Yeah. A couple of other people, Charlie or Dan or someone like that. I can't even remember that well. Uh-huh. Um, we versed each other in that in our... Once again, having a couple of drinks in us, we were pretty evenly matched, yeah. which was good. Uh, of course, I'd say I came out on top, but uh, he would say the same thing. But, you know, <laughs> he doesn't have a podcast, so fuck him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but it was a bit, I don't know, like we, we started playing seriously going through the story, mm. um, what little there was. And i got to say, it was boring, monotonous, even looking at... The the wide list of moves for this game because I have the box, mm. you know, I actually have the um the the jewel case for it. <clears throat> just just didn't wasn't that great. Okay, you know, like the moves were similar but not enough. And even if you learn the moves, you can only pull them off half the time. Mm. And I don't know, the characters seem very kind of insipid. 
Okay. In this. So we got about three, half to three quarters of the way through the game. And then we got, you know how if, if you're not actually that good, you always get stuck on like one person that you just, you get close to beating, but you can't beat. Yeah. In a fighting game, that's where we kind of went, oh, um, I think I've had enough. It's like, it's 2 a.m. And yeah. we've been fighting this person for the last half hour. Yeah. And it's not fun. And we've we've learnt the moves for this character, and it's it's not working. It could be the satin. There could be some delay, but yeah, I don't probably not. I just don't think it's a good game. Look, I think that you know the fact that people don't talk about it much probably reflects that it's look. But then again, I'm not a fighting game guy. Yeah, um, and I don't think either of us really is a hardcore like fighting no. game. We're not part of the fighting game community. You know, we don't watch. Well, um, often Evo I, every year and stuff like that. No, but you know? I, I like fighting games. I'm not yeah. good at them. Yeah, but even it. even if I get stuck on a person, I can come away saying I got stuck on that game because it was you know it challenged you and it was it was cool and it was fun and I had a lot of yeah you know a lot of good times playing it. Yeah. But uh, this game it didn't feel like that. I went back and played it the next day and I kind of went yeah this actually affirms what I was thinking last night. You know I played it because it was still in the tray. So. Sure. Okay. So you know that was kind of it. The last thing I wanted to touch on was uh, Nintendo has released Switch Online Service. Yes, I wanted to ask you about this. I had a note to ask you, so I'm glad that you've brought it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was released two days ago uh, yeah. from our perspective, possibly three or four now. Yay. Mm, yep. I'm so glad that it launched AC. It's- oh, yeah. we've Finally, just- I can play games online. Yeah, finally we can pay <laughs> for playing games online. This was one of those things that... <clears throat> so you get... To play all the games online, which you could play for free before. Mm. And you can have cloud saves and you can play NES games. But the cloud saves thing is... Here's the thing. Yes and no. Not every game does cloud saves. Okay. So it's not like a... It's not for everything. It doesn't work like Steam. It doesn't just... No. It doesn't just save everything to the cloud. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't, actually, I think Steam, not all games do that as well. Actually. Yeah. Uh, and I don't care. You know, if I lose my Switch, mm. that'd be good for my saves. But most of the games I have on Switch I've completed, I want to say, already. Mm. Um, so I didn't end up signing up for this. Spoiler. It came out on the day and I was thinking, oh, maybe I should download this, play some Splatoon, mm. play some Mario Kart 8. And then play some of the NES games and do like a, a review of the service. Yeah. But it came to point pretty quickly that a lot of those games would be the same. Mm. You just have to pay for the online service, yeah. number one. It's not, nothing's different except no. your money is... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing is that the <clears throat> 20 NES games... Oh, yeah. They, they give you access to this like NES library, right? They're good. I mean, only 20 games? Well, I mean, you know, they're not going to do all the NES games. There's yeah. there's some clunkers in there. There's some good ones. There's some great ones. And some of them have online components. Huh. And that's, that's what I'm more interested in than anything else. Okay. But I just went... I just don't play that many Switch games online at the moment. I used to play Splatoon 2 a lot. Mm-hmm. And I still occasionally play Mario Kart 8 Deluxe a bit. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. occasionally online. But I just went, I don't need this service right now. And I don't. I have all of those NES games mm. somewhere around. And the online component to those games don't interest me enough to actually go online with them. Yeah. So I just kind of went, uh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'll just leave it. And I've heard people come out and say, yeah, it works fine. And I've heard a lot of people say... Yeah, this is actually a bit weird, like paying for Nintendo Online stuff and it's just not that great and nothing's I mean, changed. The thing is that, like, I've never really associated Nintendo with being, like, 
a big online like platform really like they don't they've historically not done a very good job with their online service like it's no. it's 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 been like notably worse than the others like for example like they're still making people dick around with friend codes and things on 3ds right yeah like it's yeah. just a really clunky way to solve that problem. It doesn't really inspire confidence that, that no. Nintendo's going to get online right. And then the, the notion of paying them for it is like, yeah. A bit, I, I'm a bit concerned that people aren't going to run out and sign up to this, that it might actually be a bit of a flop for them. But I don't know. I only really look, know you want There are enough Switch owners yeah. and there are enough subset of those people who play Splatoon 2, which is a big game. Yeah. Like, and, there, and there are some... Sp- Platoon 2 people, players, I should say, who are quite young yeah. and can't afford to have that service. So there will be people missing out on that. And I think a lot of these online things are for the Nintendo games. Like, I think Fortnite on Switch is still free without okay. it. Right. So it's weird how it's selective like that. Yeah, it is a bit. And I, I, I'm just kind of... I don't have confidence in Nintendo either. And yeah. from what I've heard so far... Like, I, I held off. I was thinking of buying it that night just to give it a go. Yeah. It's 30 bucks in Australia. But when I kind of saw what people were saying, I just kind of went, you know what, Nintendo, you're not getting my money this time. Not until you prove something to me. I'm not even 100% sure what they have to prove. <laughs> but they have to prove it to me first before I'm, I'm going to shell out my hard earned for this one. Look, that's fair. I think, look, it's... F- it's a weird thing. I always, I think when I think of Nintendo, I think of a co-op multiplayer. I think mm. of like couch multiplayer, right? Well, what do they call that? Um, yeah, just like you know, yeah, couch co-op, yeah. couch co-op, yeah, or like someone in your house, physical local multiplayer. There Hot you go, seating. local, yeah, well, local, yeah. Multiplayer. Lo- local multiplayer. That's Hot seating is different, yeah. Um, and, and and I don't necessarily <clears throat> associate it with like gaming online. I mean, there is Splat- Splatoon is probably the big, and and Mario Kart Eight to a lesser extent is are the big online things. Mm. Um, Splatoon certainly you really can't play that game no no it's kind of useless without that if like if Nintendo released another Mario Kart like Mario Kart 9 yeah and it was zhuzhed up enough from the original Mm -hmm. uh, Mario Kart 8 that you know it was so different radically different and looked really cool like Mm. I reckon that would be a big jump in their sales and of course think about that oh my god I would buy 30 Subscriptions just to play that if game. Working, that doesn't even make sense. If I was working at Nintendo, that's where I'd be thinking. My, I really want Double Dash Two. Yeah, because because oh, where can you go from that. Where can you go? Right? Because but you you have, hit, to- you have literally hit on not literally you have hit on something. I don't like misusing that word, but you have hit on something here. Yeah. So Double Dash is where you can switch between two players. Mm. You could have couch local co-op. Yeah. With the Joy Cons switching between two people, yeah, and then yeah. you could play that online with everyone else doing that. Yeah, yeah. That, that would be, right. be mind blowingly awesome if it was done right. Yeah. If they did that, I would totally sign up even before it was released. I'd go, no, you got my money. You just, just take it right here. Just, I'm just, I'm shoveling it into a giant furnace for you right now. <laughs> even though that doesn't make any sense. Well, Miyamoto, if you're listening, and I know you are. Oh, God. Um, yeah, we've received plenty of complaints from him. We want, and his lawyers. We want a sweet cut of that, of that money, of that the Switch Online money. Stupid nude photos. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Look, uh, so what have you been up to, Rob? Oh, man. You, you've actually been playing games. And you're the enthusiastic one in this episode. Sort of. I mean, it was funny because I'm, I'm sick too, but I think you're more sick than me. I am so sicker. I am I'm, a very sick person. I'm comparatively energetic. Um, yeah, I have been playing games. Um, although not many, really. I, I did finish Call of Duty World at War. 
I went back and beat that game. Oh, nice. Um, so I spoke about it last week. I'm sure it had a good ending. Look, man. <laughs> I look. It's, it's all about the journey. Yeah, it was, it was a very uplifting uplifting game. You know, the fall of Berlin. It's, good, it's a good time. I think there's some problematic things with that game. Like setting, setting home in the fall of Berlin and then not showing any like like human rights crimes or like you know some of the some of the war crimes that were committed is it seems weird um but also tr- if they did that it would be weird too so i think the better thing to do is to avoid it's a combat game not an educational human rights yeah but documentary true so. but it just felt like if you play if, if all you knew about the fall of berlin was that game you would have a very false impression of what happened if all you uh, knew is that game then you got bigger problems <laughs> playing the game let me tell you that well there's a lot of there's plenty of people who for example you know they play rome total war but that's that's all they know about ancient Rome and like oh they play like that's a little different I want to say play that's like, not a, you know that's you a, know. that's a real time or you know that's a strategy game yeah but like Call of Duty it's set in historical period yeah like, I think all I'm, all I'm pointing out is that when you choose to set a game in a battle that had you know con- very controversial very notable sort of war crime sort of stuff going on in and around it mm. you're you're you're, you're taking on a problematic subject and you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot a bit because people are going to scrutinize that and go like, hmm, you know, like, and that's what I did. Um, but uh, like aside from that, like it's a, it's a fine game. It, it, it plays well. It's very exciting and, and the set pieces are good. Um, a little bit too easy, but I was playing it on the normal setting. I think if I cranked up the difficulty, it might be a bit more of a challenge. Mm. But um, did you have fun playing it? That's the Yeah, thing. definitely. But I think actually on reflection, it's not as good as the earlier the earlier World War Two Call of Duty games, okay. I think it's a little cheesy and on the nose. It's at points like there was the scene where y- your sergeant dies, and like it's supposed to be this like heartbreaking moment, but it just doesn't play. It doesn't. It just doesn't play right, and it just seems really fucking corny. Like, like one of the it's right. It's like this sort of false ending of a level where like the level sort of ends, and you're all like weary, and you're sitting around with your squad. And one of your squad mates goes to like the sergeant, like, "Oh, when are we going to get out of here?" And the sergeant says, "And it's literally, it's literally something like this: It'll be soon, Johnny. It'll be soon." Like he repeats, he repeats it in that way, in oh, that right. No. And then the door gets kicked open, and this Japanese guy comes in with a sword and freaking disembowels him. Oh Jesus! And it's Mr. like, sergeant, and it's like, "Oh no, go home he soon." Had, he was three days to retirement. It was like, <laughs> it was that. It was really that. It was so cheesy. Oh, he, and I was he, probably, like, he, he was asking uh, for it in that case. It, like I, when I when I first played that level, it didn't really hit me how corny that was. But I replayed yeah. it, and I was really struck by how cheesy that shit actually comes off as. And it's it's always been a problem with Call of Duty games, really, right from the start, is that they are trying to because that you know this this whole genre, this sort of gritty World War Two first person shooter, comes out of all the enthusiasm for um well enthusiasm might be the wrong word but like the just the massive um um impact that that saving private ryan had on the public consciousness about warfare and yeah. what, and what world war 2 was like and just how horrific and violent war actually is compared to what you know you saw in like arnie movies which was like a very silly version of war Every, um, everyone dies but arnie doesn't yeah and you know and everyone cheers whereas saving private ryan kind of struck people really hard because it was like well here's the reality kind of thing yeah. like it was a lot closer to the reality let's say and so call of duty from the start was trying to emulate that but when you but a video game is meant to be fun mm. and fun to play and that that dissonance between like making a fun game while also trying to like sort of show the horror of war it never really plays 
very well. And yeah. some games get together better than others. Some manage to like kind of nail it, but it always at the end of the day feels a bit weird because you're playing a video game. You know? Yeah, I can, um, I can kind of see that. Yeah, and I think I, it was very noticeable uh, with this one because like the two theaters are the Eastern Front, mm-hmm. so like Russian, the you know Russians and Germans, and it, and the, most of the game is set when the Russians are invading Germany. Yeah. And it's a, weird, it's a weird thing because I think in early Call of Duty games, it was the more the earlier part of that Eastern Front campaign where the Germans are invading Russia yeah. and you're playing as the Russians and you're defending from the evil invaders. Whereas this game, they decided to do something, I, get, I think, a bit risky and showing the Russian counterattack. And most of the game takes place in Germany and you're like attacking the Germans yeah. in their homeland, which was a very, like I said, v- vicious and brutal campaign with a lot of revenge being taken on like German populace. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to get into that whole subject. Just to say that it was a weird, it's a weird choice to make, right? Um, and with the, the, the American campaign, you're um, fighting the, the Japanese, um, which is, again, a, was a campaign that was really notable for its like just the viciousness of the fighting yeah. and war crimes on both sides in terms of like killing prisoners and, you know, all sorts of horrible stuff. Yeah. I guess it just, yeah, really ramps home this point I'm making that when you set a game... In a in a war, especially a modern war, where there's a lot of it's it's, yeah. it's what we call in living memory. Yes, because there are people alive who were there and can remember everything, mm. or remember a lot of. And it, it feels a little like not disrespectful, but mm. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I do know. Yeah, there is something odd, and you know, especially I think people of who have tried to set war games, like mm. video games in Vietnam. Yes, have gotten a lot of blowback about that because. Yeah. There's there's something about being too recent memory, like yeah. too too real, or ev- or even like if they try to make it not realistic, then people will say that's not what this is like. This game is fucked up because it's not portraying the realities of of and the yeah. horror of war. You, you, you sort of screwed both ways, right? Yeah, because exactly. Because if you try and make it fun mm. and like lighthearted, people are like, well, that's just doing a disservice. But if you make it gritty and real, people are like, I like sort of criticize you for like doing it's not that. respectful to the memories of those who died yeah you kind of can't do it like, yeah. I remember there was a Vietnam game I played for the PC probably released around 2006 or 2005 mm. I can't remember what it's called now it might have even just been called Vietnam and it was it was a very weird game because it was like they tried really hard to kind of give you a kind of a realistic impression of what it was like to be an American who was sent to Vietnam yeah um, to like even down to racism and shit like that yeah. like you're yelling out like your characters, your squad mates, and I think even you yell out racist slurs during firefights mm. at the enemy. I'm not going to use those words, not because I think it's like that offensive, but just because you know, it's people, you know, I just don't want to say them on no. air on with a microphone in front of me. Right. But so it's 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 that. like damn, like they really went for it. Hmm. But at the same time, it is still a game where you're like pressing the mouse button, people are dying, and you're supposed to be having fun. Yeah, you're like wee, you know, as you click the button and, and shoot um, North Vietnamese. It's like this is this is a bit weird, and I think when I was in my early twenties, I didn't really think about it too too deeply. I was like, "Was that game popular?" No, I think it was a. I think it didn't wasn't received particularly well. Um, it was good. It was actually quite good. Yeah, and they really tried. You know. Yeah, I don't know. Just like the Japanese trying a game like that is. Yeah, sounds a little bit off to me. But so that's just, that is my opinion. I like war games because I I just. I'm interested in war as a phenomenon and mm. I, I, I sort of contemplate it and like I read books about it and watch documentaries and things. But yeah, first person shooters and real life conflicts is a very 
troublesome combination. Yeah, especially in recent Strategy really. games are much less for some reason. I don't know why, but... Well, it's, a, yeah. it's less realistic, I suppose. Yeah, but, um, it's more detached. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so did... Um, what, what is the game that you press F for respect? Oh. There's like... There's a whole. There's like a meme. Press F for respect, and I, I've I I've heard that going back many is years. It a war, now, first, just, is it a first-person shooter? I can't, I, maybe. I don't know. I'm oh, sorry. I'm drawing a blank. No, me. I, I thought you'd know. I I no. just couldn't remember off the top of my head. Anyway, have you been playing any other games that's, recently? That's have pretty much been, it. Gaming-wise, yeah. I've been focusing a lot on other stuff like my astrology and different things. Um, yeah. So not really so too much. What game. about life-wise? What's going on in uh, in life overall? Life-wise, look. I'll mention a couple of sort of dad-related things, perhaps, and then we'll. You said your dad, Rob. Bring it to the close. Yeah, people say that about me. Actually, it's funny. I was at a, at a course I was on um, a, few, probably about a couple of months ago now um, in Melbourne. They did this. You know, they do those things when you're on a work course where they tell you to go around the room and say something about yourself. Yeah, you know, that sort of awful shit. Um, and the thing they got us to say was, "What was the best thing that's happened to you in the past week, or something like that." And when it came to me, I honestly couldn't think of anything, and I kind of panicked. And and I always and I just was like, oh, it's probably something that I did with my daughter. That was all I could come up with. And um, one of my work friends, Kate, said me to me later, like, oh, that was such a such a rob thing to say. Like, just <laughs> of course it's going to be about your daughter. And I was like, am I, do I really come off as this sort of like family oriented guy? Um, I don't know. I, I suppose at work I do. Uh, yeah, I mean, so. that's probably the best image of yourself you could portray. Yeah, I'm glad what? in some ways that that's what my work colleagues think of me. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that was weird. Uh, so I, I remember one of my old <clears throat> jobs. There was this thing where people, like, we went around the table. Mm. And you were meant to introduce yourself in a joking way. Right. And I think, like, it, it got ridiculous one day because I was, like, part of a whole bunch of these because it's just the nature of the role I was in. Mm. And at one stage, I just I just said, I am... I'm Connor McLeod of the Clan McLeod. I was born 400 <laughs> years ago on the shores of Loch Shiel in the highlands of Scotland. And I'm immortal and cannot die. <laughs> That's when they asked me to stop coming to these meetings. So, Brilliant. So, mission accomplished. Mission fucking accomplished. Yeah, very good. Like Just like George W. I just, I just said it in the exact right tone of our good friend Christopher Lambert. <laughs> Fantastic. Who does a terrible Scottish accent. I was going to say, what I really was impressed about just then was that you didn't do a Scottish accent. You did Christopher Lambert doing a Scottish accent. I love love his faux Scottish accent so awesome. It's an awesome thing, really. It is. It is something to behold from Um, Highlander. So have you been up to anything else? Look, yeah. So daughter-wise, Ruby went to a birthday party. Uh, oh, week, how cute. Which was nice. It yep. was for one of her friends from daycare. Oh, yeah. Um, and she was so excited about it, like, all week leading up to it. She was just talking about it every single day. I'm going to a birthday party. I'm going to Tage's birthday party. He's my friend. He's my best friend. <laughs> <It was> just, <laughs> she just kept talking about it, you know. Yeah. Did she have a good and time? And what's funny is that, like, even after it happened, she still talks about it now. Um, yeah, she had a, a ball. I oh, think. that's good. That's but good to hear. I don't think she knew what to... What's funny is she kind of has this vague notion of birthday parties from, yeah. like, TV and things. Like, she knows that there's cake and you blow out the candles yeah. and presents and stuff. But to so this party was held at Monkey Mania at DFO, uh, which is basically, like, a great place for parents because they give you coffee and they take and they sort of deal with the children for you. What we're talking about here <laughs> is big kind of warehouse style yes, indoor it's like playgrounds. A, it's like a Chuck E. Cheese if you're American. It's like that kind of thing. Take your children there. They go and play on. They play go and run around on like in a ball pit or yeah. whatever. 
and you get to eat food and sit down, which is just the best thing. <laughs> the thing is, like, we, we take May to those sorts of places. We yeah. have to put her in the, in the young kind of kitty bull yeah. area. Yeah. We can't just let her run off because turns out that's fucking dangerous with a blind kid. Yeah, really as well. Like, there was this one moment. So, so one thing they have at this place <clears throat> is this, like, really big slides, which are really cool, I think. Yeah. And they're wavy slides. So oh, as you're going wow. down, you can kind of, like, get a bit of airtime, you know, <laughs> um, especially if you're, like, you know, like me, a 60-kilogram weakling. <laughs> but but the thing is that we I, I weigh much more than that that was very flattering to me yeah I was going to say I weigh I was going to say like if you weigh that much I yeah. can snap you in two yeah I, I, I weigh a bit more than that uh, but anyway so Ruby just ran at one point the kids sort of went off to this slide and Ruby just followed them mm. and I was thinking to myself at the start I was like oh that's good she's like being brave because mm. normally she's scared she's of slides she's mucking in yeah. but then I realised oh she's normally scared of slides she's going to get up the top there and then freeze, and there's going to be a big queue, mm. and it's going to be my kid that's like the kid, you know, that yeah, one yeah. kid. Yeah, you're the parent to that kid. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I was like, I'm going to go down with her. So I went up, and because I saw another parent do it, so I thought, well, either either there's no one watching this or it's okay. Yeah, either way, I'm, I'm going to get away with it. So I went up, um, popped her on my lap, and we went down together. Um, it's really fun, actually, but what was weird was that I was just as... I had just as much trepidation, I think, as her, actually, about it. You kind of looked um, down and went, whoa, this well, is... it's actually this pretty is, high up. Yeah. Um, and as we were going down, this kid, like, like came down the other slide. There's, like, three or four slides. They're all, like, sort all of in parallel, side by side, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, kid went down a few seconds before us. And then as I sort of set off, this kid had landed, stood up, and then took a few steps backwards. And was suddenly in front of my slide. Oh. I'm a six foot two, 36 year old man. Yeah. <laughs> going down a slide, breakneck speed towards the child. And I was I was just like, oh no, I, I remember what I said, but it was some sort of, it, it was, was some sort of, ex, you know. The ex- last <laughs> thing that this kid ever heard was, make way for Willie. <laughs> Pretty much. It was something more like, oh, you're not always. I mean, like something really girly like that. <laughs> and, um,. Anyways, I said, make way for Willie. At the last minute, this kid steps out of the way. Yeah, and I just wow. And I was like, oh my god! And Meg and Meg saw this look of fear on my face. She's like, what's wrong? And I was like, I almost cleaned up this kid. She was like really minimizing it. And yeah. I was like, no, no, that would have been an international incident. If I, if I, like, <laughs> that kid would have been very hurt. Um, so that was fun. <laughs> okay, it was good though. Like she had a lot of fun. What they did was basically they heard all the kids into this little room. This is the party. Yeah. When you're three and you don't know what a party is, it's kind of funny to watch them at their first party, not really mm. comprehending what's happening. There's a little room. They heard them all in. There's a round table with chairs all around it. It was themed in sort of like a fairy garden kind of deal with like like toadstools for chairs and stuff. And they just sit the kids around and then just bring out a whole bunch of food. And it's like real garbage food, like French fries and Chicken nuggets, just like the, the stuff that kids will actually eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pizza that's what, that's and, what you want. Uh, jelly and, mm. and and they just load the kids up <clears> with food. They got these little paper sort of bowls. Yeah, and the kids just sit around eating, and they're, and they're not really because they're three. They're not really socializing. They're just eating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, just looking. At oh my god, this is this is the food that mummy and daddy give me very rarely. Yeah. You know, I get to have this right now, and I can eat all of it, and they won't stop me or tell me off. One thing that I was very proud of was that. Every time they offered Ruby food, she said yes. <laughs> she just said bowl was just piled up. Every, they'd come up and they'd be like, do you want some chips? She'd be like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I couldn't. I wasn't close enough to her to like hear her. I'm 37 could... years old and I still say that. You want <laughs> some more chips? Oh, fucking yeah. Pile them on, mate. It was really funny. She just said yes to everything. And me and Meg were like, 
brilliant. Our, our daughter knows how to live. Um, so that was the birthday party. Pretty pretty funny, actually. Just, yeah, they're, they're pretty cute. One point they went and did dancing as well, which was, which was sweet. That sounds cute. It's a little jukebox on and I heard of them in this other room. And they also, what, what music did they have on? I'm curious. Uh, it was, you know what? It was pretty generic, like sort of top 20 stuff. No, okay. um, but like, oh, in, right. Inoffensive. Yeah, like, you inoffensive know. pop. Yeah, basically. Um, and they danced, which was cute. All um, right. Other than that, I do have a week off coming up. Oh, very nice. In the first week of October. Uh, and I'll be um, hopefully toilet training my daughter during that week. We tried this uh, a few months ago. Didn't really take. I don't think she was really ready for it. Yeah, yeah. I think mentally and psychologically she's probably ready now. So we'll give it round two of toilet training. We'll see how that goes. Um, round two with number twos. I'd like to. I'd like to her to be toilet trained by the time she turns three. Yeah. So um, that would be good. Yeah. Okay, that's um, that's a good reason to take a week off. And with uh, Rob's near manslaughter of innocent child story out of the way we're going to move on to the quiz if you murder a child and then mention dark souls in the same sentence it's Mm. not going to come off as a good look for you yeah yeah i mean the international press alone they're going to take you to just you take you to the butchers for that one but it's it's true you know like once you've once you've pushed off on that slide you've committed yeah, but the Dark Souls defense is not good for child murder. Look, I'm okay. telling you. How about, like, what's a game with no air control? Because that's another <laughs> similar allegory. Castlevania. Okay, yes. I'm going to use the Castlevania defense. Oh, God. That's possibly worse. Especially for child murder. <laughs> so during the break, Rob said, oh, yeah, man, it was really frightening. Like, it, it's kind of like Dark Souls. Once you've committed to this move, you've committed. Yeah. I was like, you can't say that. You, you can't accidentally clean up a kid and then say, oh, man, it's like Dark Souls. After you've committed to murdering that kid, you're pretty much, you know, in for it. I Look, you, what, I was, what you're committing to is pushing off the slide, not murdering the kid. Yeah, same thing if you use the Dark Souls defense, really. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Actually, you're not right at all. I completely no, no, no. Answer. I'm not right at all. But that that just does sound funny the way you characterise that. That's fine. All right, That's you fine. have a quiz. Is it turtles related? You're darn tootin' it's turtles related, AC, oh, my goody. good friend. It's a quiz that I like to call Tonight We Dine on Toidle Soup. Oh, God. The, the, the toidles again. Yeah. Again with the toidles. <sighs> all right, AC, it's 10 questions. It's Ninja Turtles video game related. I know you're an expert in this field, and I've made no effort to make this difficult. So... <laughs> God. I've just I, I threw it together okay. with minimal effort, as I always do. Amy. That's so. the spirit That's of Game, Life, Game Life, Life Balance Australia. In fact, just Game Life Balance in general. That's right. We're, we're both in the same boat. How can there. I do a podcast with the least expenditure of kilojoules <laughs> is my constant thought. Uh, question number one, AC. Do, do you think, do you think like the, um, like kilojoules, we say kilojoules. That's the calories in the US. Yeah, yeah. Or, or like, to, I was just wondering if they say like pounder joules or something. <laughs> yes. I've got to explain those pounder joules somehow. Three and a half stone joules. <laughs> what a bunch of fucking idiots. That's really funny. When it's like, oh, the metric system's so scary. Don't hurt me, you meters. Mm. What a bunch of pussies. Look. Pounds is fine, but when you start measuring things in stone, it's like, what are we in the fucking cavemen? You know, like, come on. That's exactly it. You've hit it on the head. We're not cavemen. They are. Yes. All of America is cavemen. And now the quiz. (laughs) Question 1AC. What's the name of the first Ninja Turtles game released on a handheld console? Um, Secret of the Foot? No, no, Fall of the Foot. Yes. Fall of the Foot. That is for the Game Boy. That's right. 90 or 91, I want to say. 1990, I think. Yeah. There you go. Points to you. Uh, Question two. On what console 
And in what year did that game come out? Well, you've got two points already. <laughs> game Boy. Yeah, 1990. 1990. Yeah, Game Boy. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That was funny. I forgot that was my second question. Question number three. I should read ahead before I ask these. In question number three. In what year? In what year was the original Ninja Turtles home console slash personal computer video game released? Uh, 89. That's right. Same year as the arcade game. Yeah. But the, yeah, the... The home console version, if I want to say, and it's never been fully confirmed, mm. that Konami were working on something different at the time. They ah. got their hands on this license and rejigged a whole bunch of stuff in there. Okay. It was something with an overworld map and had platforming elements. Mm. So they rejigged the sprites and just enough of the other elements to make it uh, that, TMNT related. That would kind of make sense because it's funny mm. they were developing two very different games at the same time. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what the name of the original one was. Konami's never confirmed it but a couple of people have come out hmm. in Japan and said yeah like this wasn't meant to be what it was. But, Interesting. Yeah. There you go. I, I played a lot of that game. I had it on my PC back mm. in the day. Uh, question four AC. What's the first boss you fight in that game in the 89 platformer? What's the first boss technically that you fight? He has a health bar, his boss. He is he a fly? Some kind of giant fly? Uh, is it? Uh, it's a foot soldier. It's something. It's something. It's not Bebop afraid, or Rocksteady. Uh, no, I'm afraid it is Bebop. It is Bebop. Yes, is it? I just I, I don't know. I have this like weird image of a mm. dragonfly hopping back and forth in my brain. That is a boss, or at least a, an enemy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Bebop. You meet him in the sewer pretty early on in the game, and he has a health bar, and you have to fight him. That's. That boss. I'm mutant um, racist because I can't. I can never remember which one's Bebop and which one's Rocksteady. So. <laughs> Always mutants look the same to you. Yeah. All right. Question number five. Pretty much all of the Ninja Turtles games, actually, in fact, I think all of them were. Oh, sorry, in the eighties and nineties, were developed and published by Konami. Yep. Uh, but since that time, two other developers and publishers have worked on Ninja Turtles games. Which one? So we're talking about they both. There's two companies developed and published. Ninja Turtles games. Oh, God. Which companies? Uh, are they famous? Would I know them? They're sort of, yeah, like, they're not... I don't want to give away things, but they're not, like, totally obscure. <sighs> I don't know. Data East <laughs> is ringing a bell, but... Remember, this, I'm talking about developers and publishers. Okay. So, uh... so it's a publisher that also developed the game. So that limits it, right? There's only Yeah, that yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there, ain't, there ain't too much of that. Like, big, big... Capcom? No, no, I don't think Capcom ever developed a Turtles game. I just, I just don't see it. I'll give you. Uh, I, you know what? I'm just gonna give up on this one. Right. I just I'll can't. let you know. Ubisoft and Activision. Mm, I might have got Activision, but not Ubisoft. Yeah. yeah. So the franchise definitely. Yeah, Konami kind of didn't do anything with it, and then I yeah. guess the license sort of was up for grabs. Um, question six, AC. How many colors of foot soldiers are there in the original arcade game? Five. Correct. Correct. Uh, now, question seven. List all the colors <laughs> of the foot soldiers in the original arcade game. Fuck you. Uh, purple. Yep. Orange. Yes. Um, pink. Yes. Uh, Two more. Oh, just, just, just give me a second. Purple, orange, pink is what you've said so far. Uh, yep. Uh, blue. No. No. I'll give you half point if you get one more. Oh, Oh, God, just... You know what? It's orange? No, I've already said orange, haven't I? have already said orange, yeah. <laughs> you one more chance. All right. Um, Name a colour, any colour. Yeah, okay, green. No, I'm afraid they were purple, as you said. Yep. Pink, as you said. Yep. Orange. Yep. 
Yellow and white. Oh, okay. Yeah, the white one I don't think I would have gotten. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a on that one. Yeah. Not a good disguise for a ninja, but anyway, hey. <laughs> the, the Foot Clan were not known for being very stealthy, actually. No, they, they really they kind weren't. of drove up in a Cadillac and threw bombs at you. It's not very stealthy. Yeah, a Cadillac, um, probably one of the least <laughs> stealthy of American vehicles. Yeah, you probably want a good Prius or something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's okay. actually not a bad because it's a hybrid wouldn't yeah, make much sound yeah pretty, right. pretty good yeah. thinking ahead there it's, uh, look man when it comes to ninja uh, car travel I'm your guy question 8 what's the name ninja car travel should be the name of this episode I think it will be what's the name of the ninja turtles fighting game released in 1993 uh, <clears throat> oh uh, tournament fighters correct I want to say... Correct. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles colon Tournament Fighters. Yeah. And there were, weirdly, there were three different versions of that game released for three I different systems. I will tell you what they are. Yeah. They were the Genesis mm-hmm. or Mega Drive. There was the Super Nintendo. And there was the NES. You just got points for the next question I was going to ask. Ah. You. <laughs> so, there you go. And the NES is actually very late in the NES cycle and yeah. is a very rare game. Yeah, there you so, go. So, there you go. Correct. And they, it's really weird. They all are different. They have different characters. They all are very different, yeah. Yeah. The NES is the most limited one, but they did a fighting game on the NES. So, actually, so, yeah. you know how earlier comment about how it would be weird for Konami to develop two different games at the same time? Well, yeah. they do that apparently a lot. So. Yeah, no, they do. They um, do. All right. Question number 10. 10 AC. Yep. Which game in the Konami era of Ninja Turtles games yep. featured the Rat King? Which games? And I'll give you, I'll make it easy for you. Which games? Were two. Plural. Yes. Which uh, two Hyperstone Heist. And can you give me a second? Mm, Manhattan Project. No. In fact, you're wrong on both counts. Ah, it was wow. Turtles in Time on the SNES. Really? Yes. You and I have played through that. I don't remember the Rat King in that Apparently. at all. Apparently, according to the font of all knowledge. Huh. Um, okay. And the SNES version of Tournament Fighters. Huh. Yeah. No, so two wrong Genes- in both counts. If you had a Genesis, you weren't going to see the Rat King. Fuck you for getting a Genesis <laughs> instead of the SNES. You can't. Mega Drive, thank you. Um, look, yeah. At this point, I'm just saying Genesis because it's easier. Yeah, I just, I just don't. I suppose mm. it, in Japan, it's the Mega Drive. So that's technically canonical, right? Mm, I would mm. say that what it's called in Japan is the real name. So Mega Drive. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm laying a stake. I'm putting my foot down about it. Genesis is like a localized translation. Okay, so if you want the actual <laughs> history of this, that's kind of true because the word Mega Drive was already copyrighted in the US, so they had to do something different. So they went with Genesis because the master system was already somewhat of a failure, so they wanted to make it sound new and exciting and not right. be linked to the master system. Right, makes sense. Yeah, so that's why it's called the Genesis. I don't know why anyone would think the master system was a failure with great games like Submarine Attack <laughs> and My Hero and... Uh, Al- Alex Kidd in yeah, in in miracle, miracle world and bank panic. <laughs> you gotta you gotta panic that bank. Look, man, every time I go to the bank, it's a fucking panic. Let me <laughs> yeah, only because you have no money. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay, I am six. You are four. That was a good quiz. Yeah. I like that quiz. Okay, cool. I'm that, glad that that actually um stretched my synapses Perfect. a little bit. All right, so you've been listening to Game Life Balance Australia, the Australia. Hold, hold your horses, AC. Not again. I have to talk about a wonderful network uh-huh. of podcasts for you to listen to. I hate those guys. Such as the Intellectual Podcast, which you can find on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageek.com. Uh, on episode 225 of the Intellectual Podcast, which is spelled 229. 225. If you're not- I'm sorry. Sorry. If you don't have an intellect by that stage, I don't think there's any hope for you. And uh, the name of this episode is Mark Christopher Lawrence. 
Uh, Nerd. And, and the uh, I'm just going to read this verbatim. Mark Christopher Lawrence brackets Chuck chats with and Chuck is all capitalized. Chats with David and Whitney about his four-decade career as an actor and comedian, from his days growing up in Compton to his time as Big Mike on the hit TV series Chuck. Mark is honest, funny, and very insightful in his views on succeeding in the business, and that's um, in quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a conversation you don't want to miss. That actually does sound pretty good. They they got they actually have <clears throat> actual celebrities, whereas yeah, who do we get? We get you. That's right. And in fact, on Game Life Balance US, Cody's done another one of those those things he does sometimes where he does an actual podcast. I don't uh, believe you. Interviewed a human being by the name of Dave Wisnowski. So not, not, not Stabo then. Who, since 2002, <clears throat> has been making kind of like a... It's kind of like a wrestling game version of Dwarf Fortress in the sense that it's an endless Oh, yeah, he keeps updating cycle. it. Like, like, yeah, it's a never-ending project. Incrementally all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. I've actually heard, like, this is good. This is good. You actually listen to this one. It's a good one. I listened yeah. to it the other day, actually, and it was very entertaining. And I don't like wrestling at all. But it was just interesting to hear him talk about what it's like to work to be an indie de- indie developer. And also because when he set out to make this game, he initially knew nothing about game design. He had to learn everything from scratch. So that's an interesting story, too, actually. Yeah. Um, imagine if you or I, AC, set out to make a video game. It would be similarly challenging, I think. So, well, What um, kind of game would you and I make? Uh, lots of boobs would be in mind, for sure. Boob, boob, tournament boob fighter, the boob, booby, boob, 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 <sighs> breasts. Damn right, let's do it. Penis. Patent. Patent pending. <laughs> okay, so you've been listening to Game Life Balance Australia, the Australian edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Don't forget that little nugget. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can uh, listen to us on the internets, mm-hmm. plural, because there's more than one. Yeah. I'll yeah. have you know. Uh, at uh, GameLifeBalanceAustralia.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us a positive review on whatever app you listen to us on. Hey, are we on SoundCloud? No, we're not. Good. I everyone zero. always pronounce their, like, everyone is like, oh, I've gone viral. Here's my SoundCloud. It's like, fuck you. No. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going there. I'm just not going there. We're already viral in our own right, and the fact that we're sick right now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that just kind of That's popped as out. viral as you and I are going to get, oh, yeah. I see. So let's let's enjoy it. So one. give us a positive review. Tell your friends. Beat up your friends. <laughs> I don't know. Don't If you're going to beat up your friends, like, get some kind of knife and, like, uh-huh. stab the name of the podcast <laughs> into their chest. Jesus. <laughs> so, so at least we become infamous somehow. <laughs> we can't get real fame. We'll go for, <laughs> we'll go for infamy. Uh, thank you very much for listening to us if you're watching us that's kind of fucking creepy because this isn't a video feed Arthur's arm was bruised. I've been listening to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy on vinyl. That's a thing. 42.